Hey, Lincoln 30 to dispatch. 8030, go ahead. Yeah, that's a wild goose chase over here at Nakatomi Plaza. Everything here is okay. Over. But nobody has no place to go. Let it snow, let it snow, let it snow. Paging Mr. Herman. You have a telephone call at the front desk. That's what it was okay. like. Okay. <laughs> Just give me a minute. <laughs> Just give me a minute. Oh, was this in a theater? <laughs> this is not in a theater. I guess technically not in a theater. Today we theater are. Theater of our minds. Theater of our minds. Theater of pain. Oh, Motley yeah, Crue. Motley Crue yeah. album. Yeah. Yes. Welcome back into the Radcast, everybody. I'm Steven. And I'm mad. Sorry, I got distracted. He grabbed two more beers. He didn't even finish, finish his first one. He is our guest today. <laughs> we'll get to him in just a second. It's a very special episode because, uh, for one, the holiday season, or Christmas season is upon yeah. us. It's been mm-hmm. the holiday season. Christmas season is finally upon us, and today we're going to be talking about a uh, a polarizing, what we consider a Christmas movie, but it's polarizing because they're at people ask, is it a Christmas movie? Is it not a Christmas movie? Whatever, however you think about it, it is a it universally is loved. resounding yes um, for me. Right, yeah, and we'll get to that, but it's a universally loved movie. We're going to be talking about Die Hard for Radcast Rentals. Uh, we'll get into all that Radcast Rentals movie talking about goodness here in just a second, <laughs> but before we get to that before we get to our guest matt why don't you let the listeners know where they can find us you can find us on instagram we are the radcast and cast is spelled with a k so r-a-d-k-a-s-t you can find us on facebook we're the radcast so make sure to go like our page find us on twitter at t radcast so t for the again radcast with a k um and go follow us and then we also have a website www.theradcast.com and you can listen to all old and current episodes on there, mm-hmm. new episodes, yeah. or you can go find us on any podcast app like Spotify, Stitcher, uh, Apple Podcasts. Make sure whatever method you do to follow people, uh, follow, subscribe, however you do that, make sure to do that. And when you're over there, make sure to give us those five-star uh, ratings, give us some some reviews, and that, and that pushes us up and makes us more visible. Yep. So. Yep. So yeah, do make sure everybody listening, hopefully, you know, if you've been with us since the start, we ask that every week and we really would appreciate if you all would do that. Um, and if not, you know, just en- enjoy, enjoy the podcast. Mm-hmm. So again, like we said, we are going to be talking about Die Hard today with a very special guest for this latest edition of the Radcast Rentals. Make it a blockbuster night. And now, our feature presentation. Hello. Hello. Hello to our guest. Hello, guys. Hey, there he is. So today's special because we, in the year and a half we've been podcasting, whether it's Proper Gentleman or whether it's this one, a handful of times, we've always brought up our friend Phil Giese because whenever we talk about certain things that we've talked about on certain Certain subjects. Certain funny memories. Yeah, certain funny memories or certain things, we've always brought up somebody who is kind of in in our stable of friends <laughs> going to move that around <laughs> <laughs> all right and this name always has come up because he's so intertwined with uh, us growing up and with our friend group and and a lot of points of nostalgia for us and that is Phil we've mentioned again we mentioned him a handful of times and it's exciting for us to finally have him on the show Phil thank you for joining us Thank you for having me. I'm a longtime listener, first time caller. So let's see how <laughs> hey, this good. goes. Hey, Thanks. this isn't a one nine hundred number you frequent. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh shoot. Oh, okay, good. Uh, well, I'm I'm gonna go. <laughs> uh, uh, welcome. Yeah, welcome. Yeah. In. So yeah, you got your signature so. blue shirt on. Yep. Thank you for yep. wearing that. My uh, throwback Cardinals jersey. I'm 
asking for a new one for Christmas. So Ooh, who do you want to get on the back? Uh, Smith. I'm gonna get uh the blue one, the navy blue and the red St. Louis oh, yeah. piping. GE Smith, the former yeah, yeah, band yeah. leader of SNL. Yeah. Exactly. Fills <laughs> <laughs> with us today because we've all grown up watching Die Hard. We've all, at least in the ever since high school, have watched Die Hard numerous times. Uh, numerous times every Christmas season, whenever it's on TV, we watch it. And you have to. You have to. I mean, when we'll say why here in just a second. Um, but, you know, Phil, when was the first time you ever saw Well, actually, I've been curious about this since we did. So last week we did our episode on John Candy, and we had mentioned a friend who let us, who always verbatim would quote the best of John Candy from SCTV. And that that's Phil. That's yeah. Phil. So, so what, give, give us, give us so, some lines. Yeah. Well, no, you, you don't have to do, you don't have to do that. <laughs> but, um, you obviously grew up with John Candy like we did. So mm-hmm. before we dive into Die Hard, just kind of some, I guess just from a, a different perspective, since you were such a big fan of that video, uh, what kind of like, well, how what movies did you grow up with? What did you think of his movies? And you obviously, you know, mm-hmm. w- you intentionally would watch the best of John Candy and SCTV. So what kind of your parting thoughts on the guy? Well, um, he was a very funny actor. Um, and the first movie I think I've seen of his was Cool Runnings. Okay. Oh, I think yeah, I just yeah. saw it. When I was like a kid and mm-hmm. was, you know, just had it was on TV mm-hmm. Saturday afternoon. Yeah. Watched it. Yeah. Didn't I mean didn't really know who he was didn't i mean he's not even the main character so mm-hmm. you know it is what it is um and then i think that that video referenced the best of john candy right. i didn't know what sctv was uh-huh. when i was 10 um or whatever but i yeah. think my parents got that in like a yard sale God, they, nice. definitely, they definitely didn't have that until like i showed it to you guys yeah, yeah. Right. um but i watched it and it was hilarious um <laughs> from the um uh the uh, the battle of the pbs stars <laughs> to uh to the famous uh, rock throwing right yes. um, yeah. your gay your gay um you know it's just it, it was it's really good and um yeah and but i mean yeah he's just a very talented actor mm-hmm. i mean plane trains and automobiles uh stripes yeah uh, just yeah he's he's great and uh yeah world was less without him if, yeah. You, yeah. if you will exactly yeah. and we agree and we definitely if you're listening to this and you didn't listen to the john candy episode go give that a listen after this because we uh we give our thoughts on the man and how much we really loved and respected him but today we are talking about die hard like i've said numerous times before and uh before we get into our experiences and our thoughts on it and whether or not we think it's a Christmas movie and the things we liked about it, um, here's just a couple of kind of boilerplate stuff. So it was released July of 1988, grossed $141.5 million in the box office based off the Roderick Thorpe novel, Nothing Lasts Forever, which has a lot of differences than the movie. It sounds like an Ian Fleming novel. Nothing Lasts Forever. Well, it, sounds yeah, it sounds like a like James, James Bond, Bond movie. Yeah. yeah. Um, Directed by John McTiernan, who directed Commando, Predator, Last Action Hero. Uh, Ernest. So, Ernest. What? Ernest goes to jail. Did he? No. No, I was going to say, no, that was, uh, that was John That was Jim Barney himself. That was Jim Barney himself. <laughs> yeah. Screenplay by Jeb Stewart and Stephen E. D'Souza, starring Bruce Willis, Alan Rickman, Bonnie Bedelia, and Reginald Vell Johnson, who is also Carl, Carl Winslow. Winslow. Michael Kamen does the Yeah, Michael score. Kamen does the score. Um, nothing. It's actually some funny points that I read here. Uh, nothing Lasts Forever was a sequel to the novel The Detective from 1966, which it was adapted to the screen in 1968 mm-hmm. with Frank Sinatra to wide acclaim. So when Die Hard went into production, the studio was contractually obligated to offer the role to Sinatra, who was 72 when Die Hard started filming. Well, originally, I, I think I think this was a missed opportunity. Um, <laughs> I do too. Old I, blue eyes. I, I mean, like. I would pay I would pay twenty dollars in 1980 ca- 1988 cash to see Frank Sinatra climb a seventy two year old Frank Sinatra climb through an elevator shaft, <laughs> maybe fall, and who knows? Maybe sing along the way. You know? <laughs> Fly me to the moon. It's like he's giving I'm away. Rap. He's giving away his position. Yeah. Now I don't know what a ten- TV dinner feels he, he like. Tra- he tries to lure, to signal the cops by singing "My Way" on top of the roof. <laughs> it's like, what are you doing, Hans? You're smoking dope. <laughs> like, Carl's talking about something. He's like, why don't you shut up? I wish I had the man with a golden arm. <laughs> <laughs> but, well, um, because, well, that makes sense because, like, um, in the characters in uh, Nothing Lasts Forever, that was the book. Originally, it was like a father going to save his daughter, wasn't it? Right. Correct. Yeah, yeah. and the daughter dies at the end. Yep. 
Yeah. Hallelujah. Yep. In the scene where uh, we're not to spoil the ending of Die Hard, yeah, but we do it anyway. <laughs> um, okay. The scene where the the Holly dangles by the watch and yeah. Mal- it breaks, and he's able to save her. In the book, his daughter dies by because the watch won't break. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So. If Moment you, of silence yeah, for his daughter. If you all were looking to read the book, you know, there's the ending. <laughs> uh, and John, John, uh, just imagine Frank Sinatra. When well, you the, read char- the, book. the character yeah. John McClane's based off of as well is like in his fifties. Yeah. So mm-hmm. like he's a, he's an older guy. Yeah. Um, but Frank Sinatra would have been silly. Another person considered for the role was Arnold Schwarzenegger, and it was rumored that they would have reworked the book and the script to be more of a sequel to Commando. Um, but that John or uh, Steve, yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Steven DeSouza shaking his head. Yeah, no. Steven yeah. D'Souza was like, "That's no, that's BS." Um, and then uh, he passed up doing Die Hard in favor of doing Twins. So I think he made the better decision <laughs> yeah. to do Twins. I, I, I would have done exactly the same thing. <laughs> yes, me too. And then uh, and so they went with comedic actor Bruce Willis after just a a, a slew of other people they wanted to consider. MacGyver yeah. was one of those. Which John McClane does some very MacGyver things. Yeah, Richard Dean Anderson. Yeah, I think that was his name. Yeah, Richard Dean mm-hmm. Anderson. Uh, but he, John McClane did some very MacGyvery things in this movie. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it, it would have fit. But all in all, Bruce Willis, uh, fresh off of his uh, his recording, he, he became a recording artist. Bruno. Bruno, yeah, yeah Return of Bruno. <laughs> um, Phil, what's your favorite Return of Bruno song? Well, there's so many to choose. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'll get back to you on that. Oh, well, thank <laughs> Thanks, you. Thanks, Phil. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but Die Hard actually ended up being kind of, I would say, his big film break. Oh, other yeah. than that, he was on a Blake Edwards movie. That uh, wasn't Pink Panther. Yeah. <laughs> but... But he was known mainly for his comedic. Yeah, well, he's on so, Moonlighting with Sybil yeah, Shepard. with Sybil Shepard. Um, and then um, Alan Rickman, this is his first film role. Yeah, he's like it, 40. He's, he's 41. Yeah. When he, yeah, he was in uh, Dangerous Liaisons. The producers were like, there he is. There's our Hans Gruber. And, on, and he's Dan- wearing a dress. Yeah. <laughs> I've never seen Dangerous Liaisons. Yeah, well, it was the play. He was in the play. Oh, <laughs> I thought uh, it was a movie. That's what well, happens no. when you try to be an actor from England. <laughs> yeah, you immediately exactly. have to do 20 years of stage play before yeah. you can even get noticed. Yeah. Exactly. We just watched something about Christopher Lee, who like strictly did movies in England for like 12 years or something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Before he did his first American movie. Yeah, The Howling 2. Yeah. That was <laughs> his first American movie. Yeah. It was actually 1941. I think it was uh, Blackula. <laughs> But, but yeah, Blackula. Yeah. It's like I shouldn't be here. No, come on. You played Blackula in the Hammer movies. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That doesn't sound correct. Uh, but Die Hard. We're talking about Die Hard today. So Phil, when was the first time you ever saw Die Hard? Because you didn't necessarily grow up getting to watch rated R movies. That's very true. But I'm pretty sure I have. I saw Die Hard. Probably like around age ten to twelve. Gotcha. It was probably the TV version. On TV, yeah. 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 Um, it was probably TV. Which I mean, honestly, like Die Hard. It has violence, it has curse yeah. words, but it does, it is, it would fit well for TV yeah. because you can cut certain scenes out. Yeah. Yeah. You can easily cover up him cursing. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think that, I mean, I don't know exact age I was, but I was fairly early on. It def- yeah. I definitely did, it took a while. It wasn't a while before I saw it. Right. right. Yeah, it definitely was a while for us because like we've said on numerous episodes, we the mm-hmm. movies we watched all the time, and granted, any of the rated R movies that we had at our house, we didn't watch because we just we weren't allowed. Yeah. Well, and even even then, there's a lot of kids who weren't allowed, but they still would watch them. Yeah, yeah. We kind of just stuck with, oh, we're not going to watch the rated R movies. We didn't want mommy to be mad at us. Sounds yeah. like you guys weren't cool enough. It's yeah, true. You're probably right. But hey, the three of us all watched Jurassic Park at the same time. No, so. we got that going for us. <laughs> exactly. Before you watched it, you... in. Um, you intensely looked at the box at your grandparents. I did, house. yeah. Uh, for for my grandparent, my my grandpa really liked it, so he yeah. owned it. And you know, obviously, when I was five or six, I loved dinosaurs, but I wasn't totally going to watch this dinosaur movie. Yeah. So you know, oftentimes I would just stare at the box <laughs> and just wonder what the movie was like. So and when you finally watched Jurassic Park, give us some dinosaurs you wish were that they didn't use that they should have. Uh, probably pterosaurs, the, the flying ter- dinosaurs, pterosaurs. which they eventually did in Jurassic Park 3. 
Um, but uh, yeah. So that's I just, don't care. <laughs> I don't give a well, shit. You asked. <laughs> you yeah. asked. Yeah, you asked. Uh, Pterosaurs. Pretty but much. You were they probably dis- didn't have the technology for it. <laughs> yeah, probably, probably not. Pretty much. You wrote. <laughs> it's, it's a hybrid. It's a robot dinosaur hybrid. So they didn't have the technology. Pretty for much. It you wrote a better movie in your head when you were six. Yeah, just more dinosaurs, <laughs> less uh, shirtless. Uh, Jeff Goldblum. Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> less but, kissing. Less Newman. Yeah, less <laughs> Newman. Well, maybe more Newman. How's it have? It's Seinfeld watching. Yeah. <laughs> When's uh, the first time you watched Seinfeld? <laughs> That's a good question. Um, probably when I was like seven, eight, because my mom watched oh, it. Right, yeah, and I think yeah. I actually watched the season finale when it aired. Yeah, I, oh, I, I, okay. remember, I remember. Yeah. I remember. So, I, I vaguely remember when when Seinfeld aired because it, it stopped in '98. So like yeah, we like would have we been able to. We were we were conscious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. I think it was. Yeah, I think I must have been seven when I first saw yeah. it. Cause yeah. I watched. I did watch the uh, the finale live. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but I mean, I wasn't. I mean, are people disappointed with the Seinfeld finale? Yeah, I don't know. I, yeah. I don't, I, well, I, I think there's a general disappointment, and I purposefully got us off off track. Okay, uh, we'll keep going. Um, I th- I think there's a general distaste yeah. for it, even though it's not that bad. And like, yeah. I just I just feel like with anything, you hear one or two criticisms, and it kind of snowballs, and people kind of adopt it instead of just kind of judging for themselves. I think they're definitely the the way like Batman v Superman. <laughs> Exactly, <laughs> and we can talk about that too if you want. <laughs> well, we'll talk a little bit about Die Hard here in just a second. Yeah. But Seinfeld, I think it was just it was just panned because um, just what the show was, you'd figure it just it just it just kind of went out with a whimper. I think is what people were upset with. It went out mm-hmm. with a whimper. Um, it just with that that ninth season was kind of all over the place and strange. I love it, but it was all over the place and strange too because it was the only season the only season without Larry David. So yeah. like I feel like it just kind of was going part and parcel with how just the whole season was anyway. Yeah. But season nine is some of the best episodes. Yeah, like Puerto Rican Day. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that exactly. is a ban from TV. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I actually I don't think I've ever seen Puerto Rican Day. I've seen scenes um, from it, like when Kramer has to go to the bathroom, but yeah. he like poses as a like a philanthropist, H.E. Penny Packer. Okay. Yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> Is that Puerto Rican Day? I thought that was another one. Or, there, well, well, it doesn't there, matter. There's, 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 there's the one yeah. with Puto de Mayo. Yeah, um, that, that's, yeah. yeah, that's the one with H.E. Pennypacker, yeah. the roller coaster, <laughs> yeah, yeah. roller coaster tycoon. <laughs> yeah, roller coaster um, tycoon. <laughs> yeah. I think I'll just build a roller coaster. <laughs> I'm a philanthropist <laughs> and a uh, botanist <laughs> and a uh, bicyclist. <laughs> <laughs> so I spend that much on, astro- on aftershave. <laughs> I spend that much on aftershave. Um, but Die Hard, back to Die yeah, Hard. Sorry. So we, no, no, you're fine. A um, stinker. But uh, uh, we didn't watch Die Hard until high school. Yeah. Um, like, and we didn't watch it till like the DVD version. I re- I vaguely remember. So here's the thing. This might be a Mandala effect thing, and I, I, I swear to God, I've read that this scene was cut out. But I remember as a kid, because I saw parts of movies. Because our parents on cable would get like the movie channels sometimes. Yeah, so yeah. I've seen. I saw a bit of nudity from lethal weapon and i saw mm. parts of die hard kind of just walking yeah, through yeah. Mm-hmm. and like nobody told me get out <laughs> yeah. but like but like i i distinctly remember but internally you did my legs won't move <laughs> um but uh i i remember when john mcclain sees after hans um, finds out that he's John McClane and what he looks like and like his Fonz's crew starts ganging up on him and he's trying to hide in this big this this under construction office and they're yeah. shooting the glass and he's all this glass he has to walk across. On any releases now, you see him look and kind of he's he's he knows he has to walk across yeah. it and then it cuts away to another scene. It comes, comes back and he's dragging and he's himself. Dra- in the yeah, bathroom. he's dragging himself yeah. into the bathroom and then when you know the cringy part is when he's taking the glass out of his foot. I remember him. There was a scene where he was walking across the glass. Yes, there because like, there was. I thought there was. So I thought there was too. I, don't know. <laughs> I thought there was too, like on VHS releases yeah. and stuff like that. And obviously you don't see it. Because I remember TV. that too, like being like, ooh, ooh. Yes. Like, I remember yeah. seeing that scene. And it's yeah. frightening. There's, there's, I remember there's a scene where, like, after they shoot all the glass, he runs out of the room. Mm. But I I don't know. Um, yeah. Maybe, maybe I, it's just a bad dream. Well, again. Maybe, maybe you just, I mean, it's like, um, 
so uh, the movie Texas Chainsaw Massacre, right. yeah. you actually never see him physically put a hook into somebody. Yeah, right. yeah. But you but you see him hang people yeah, from yeah, exactly. the frontal view of hooks. Yes. So in your so brain, in your brain yeah. you assume you so you most people it. just like assume that ah, there's a scene of a hook piercing. Right. But yeah. there again, actually isn't a physically that yeah. shot. Like, again, like like a like Mandela, Mandela effect. like a Mandela yeah, yeah. effect type thing. Like because I looked it up and I was like there has to be like because because I thought I read like articles to where they said it was yeah. out, but I didn't find anything. Yeah. Um. But I don't know. Those of you listening out there, if you can confirm or just tell me and just deny it, I don't know. But I I remember as a kid growing up, and that to me, Die Hard was the movie where the guy walked across the yeah. glass. I definitely remember the part where he's pulling the glass out of his foot. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I didn't watch it till high school, till when we had the DVD. And I actually think the first time I ever watched it, I had just gotten my wisdom teeth pulled. And always a good time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, I fell asleep because I was like, oh, well, we put it in Die Hard because of the gauze in. Yeah. Um, so, like, we watched Die Hard and Foo Frame Roger Rabbit, and I fell asleep during both of them because of the meds. Yeah. Um, and then I finally gave it its proper viewing. Now it's one of my favorite movies. Um, it's probably the best. It's, I think a lot of people would agree, it's my pick for the best action movie of all time. Right. Right. And I know. You had said Predator for a while. I don't know if you still hold that opinion or. I'm torn. Uh, um, I don't want to, this to become a very cool moment where right. we all just start yeah. and agree that yeah. Die Hard is the best action movie. I think Die Hard is, uh, I is for as far as cinema goes with yeah. the plot, directing, acting, yeah. storytelling, it is probably the best movie. Yeah. Um, but uh, uh, in my opinion, I still cling to this notion that Predator. Yeah. Right. For an action movie, like mm-hmm. like for example, Dark Knight is a great movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just so happens to be a superhero movie. Die Hard is a great movie. It just so happens to be an action yeah, I get movie. What you're saying. Whereas Predator is a great movie or is a good movie, but it actually is an action movie. That's yeah. what they had in mind when they made it. You so, need everything turned up to eleven exactly. in an action movie. Yeah. Exactly. And so Predator does have that. So yeah. I still ju- kind of lean towards Predator in terms of action sure. movie. Yeah. But uh, especially like 80s action movie. Exactly. But yeah. Die Hard is obviously uh, probably number one. Yeah. And, and I think at this point, Die Hard, I think what makes it one of the best to me is that all the things, because at this point, John McClane is still like a New York, like every man. Yeah. Like a New York cop. And basically, the things he does in the action sequences are not recommended but they're physically so possible. You you can if you take a look at everything and dissect every stunt he does and every yeah. every every way he tries to every way he moves through the Nakatomi building yeah. to stay away from Hans and his group is logical. Yeah. And if you really think about it, it's like, oh, he t- sure. I think the most one of the most far-fetched things is tying the the fire hose yeah, to his yeah. waist and he and he's swinging on it above the Nakatomi building, trying to kick through um, yeah. a door, mm-hmm. even and, in or the not elevator. a door, but a window, he's or, or the with elevator, when he's yeah. repelling with the gun strap. Yeah, yeah. Um, there, there are things to where you can be like, that's not out of the realm of yeah. possibility. I don't have to suspend my disbelief mm-hmm. too much, but there's still elements that are like, it's yeah. still. Yeah. Imagine Frank Sinatra as a seven-year-old <laughs> exactly. doing that. He's using a mic. He just pulls out a microphone I mean, cable. He's like, money, "Oh, he's got it on me, baby." The money prints itself. <laughs> God, exactly. I just I just picture Frank Sinatra, 1988. He's got his receding hairline. He has a gut, and he's he, still wearing a fedora. He's <laughs> not even a fedora. He's wearing like, a suit the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> he won't take it off. It's on to move in this suit. It's, it's a but suit. he's barefoot. Yeah, I was gonna <laughs> say, but he's got <laughs> no shoes on. Yeah, yeah. I had to make. Those... But he still got the ties. Still got the suit. <laughs> I still had to make those damn fists with my toes. <laughs> Left my my damn shoes in there, and then I just. But I won't take off my tie. I, I just <laughs> <be> smoking dope. <laughs> I just picture him just cutting somebody off, going, "Shut up!" Yeah. <laughs> Unless you want me to kick your ass. He cuts off Hans. Yeah. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Hey, give me, give me, get some news. Give me some good news up here, Al. Come on, yeah. baby. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think all all those elements of it does have great action. To for me, I just marvel at how slick and sharp the dialogue yeah, is. There's so there's so much rat a tat tat, and then yeah. great one liners and like mm-hmm. so, you know with something that's said. There's there's a response that's equally yeah. sharp yeah. and stuff like that. And, and every all all the characters that are shown like. 
John McClain, Hans Gruber, Al Powell, um, uh, Holly Gennaro, Holly McClain. Yeah. Yeah. Anybody who's shown is fleshed out and given some sort of dimension in a way. Yeah. Yeah. And and you've mentioned one liners like, like, you know, 80s action movies all had great one liners. Oh, yeah. Right. You know, if he dies, he dies. Yeah. Yeah. Stick around. Stick around. Yeah. Let off some steam, Bennett. (laughs) Yeah. Exactly. Or whatever else is said in Red Scorpion. I've never seen it. Um, (laughs) But uh, it's, it, this movie has great one-liners, but you it for what like usually when a move when a movie it's it's not like you can tell like a lot of thought went into it, right. but it's not like trying too hard. Yeah, which exactly. I don't know how they did that, but they did yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They don't usually you can kind of especially in the eighties it got to a point with those action movies, especially like B action movies, mm-hmm. to where they almost shine this light on the one liners mm-hmm. and they almost built you up for here's the one liner. Yeah, and they would kind of give it space and let it breathe to let the audience know that's the one liner. Right. Whereas this, yeah. they don't do that. Yeah, it's kind of like what. What Phil said is this is a good movie that's dressed up as an action movie. Yeah. It's a good movie in the fact that other than as much as I love Predator and Commando mm-hmm. and I and like the Lethal Weapon movie, so like, yeah. like Lethal Weapon's written really well. Yeah. But mm-hmm. com, but Predator, you know, the, there's some lunky dialogue. There, I mean, there's some lunky things here when, and there. When, when they're talking about big pussy jokes, <laughs> I mean, is that what you're talking about? Exactly. Well, that's my favorite scene, so I'm leaving. <laughs> so I'm, I'm leaving. Sorry. It's 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 sophomoric in a way. It's so you very... cut up a story and threw us all in the meat grinder. Right. Yeah. I mean, but it it's so good with the one-liners it does have that you kind of the the ultra macho. You know yeah. the way of do going about things. You kind of forgive if that's not so much your thing, because right. you know it is heavenly laden with one-liners. I think just dialogue-wise, Die Hard has the best dialogue yeah. out of any of those. With just again how sharp it is. Yeah. Well, it's just natural. Like, um, mm-hmm. and we can get into this later when we talk about the plot. But yeah, everything right. in the movie is natural. Yeah, and it feels real life, like real life, like when um. You know, one. I'll, I'll give you a, a little detail about my personal life. Sure. One of the ways I measure a good movie is if my girlfriend Catherine likes it. Yeah. You know, because yeah. Catherine doesn't really enjoy. Catherine's idea of a good time is not sitting down three hours to watch a movie. Yeah. Or two hours to watch a movie. Right. Unless it's something she really enjoys. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, after much pleading and badgering, I got her to watch, you know, Die Hard with me on Christmas. And she actually liked it. Yeah, um, nice. And, you know, so that's yeah. one of the ways I know Die Hard's a good movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because, I mean, yeah, it's just it's just a good movie, and we don't even have to wait. We can get in a plot now. Uh, kind of some element. I, I like also how Die Hard takes elements of the plot and takes kind of these little things, and they go back to it. Not There's not a lot of ropes or strands of rope left or untied. gun straps. Yeah, exactly. Not a lot of strands of gun straps untied. There's not a lot of things kind of forgotten there's not something that's introduced and then it's just forgotten everything that's introduced for the most part is kind of you bring it back to it something as small as him talking to Mm -hmm. and it it always shows how it builds onto something else something as small as the first Mm -hmm. lines in the movie where he's talking to the guy on the plane he's like you're afraid of flying aren't you Mm -hmm. and uh, and he tells him that that's 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 the match the light that lights the you know leads to him not having shoes that leads to him cutting his feet being really severely wounded yeah Yeah, the the guy the guy guy yells out in pain I'm afraid of flying yeah yeah exactly well no the the guy yeah I mean the, the guy on the plane it tells him, you know, something you know, I've been doing this, you know, for ten years, something I like Fist to do when, when I get to when I get to a hotel room to really kind of set set my roots in there, take your shoes off and make fists with your toes on the carpet. And then, you know, John McClain, he's going to LA because he's meeting up with his wife who lives in LA, he's a New York cop. Yeah. And he's in, she invited him to this Christmas party at Nakatomi Plaza where she works. Um, and he gets there and they have kind of a spat. She goes off to the mm-hmm. party. She's kind of a big wig yeah, in the company and he makes, he's making fists with his toes. And that's yeah, like you said, Phil, mm-hmm. that's yeah, how he well, loses his this, shoes. Well, yeah. Bruce Willis has a lot of great nonverbals in this movie. Right. Just like yep. his facial expressions, mm-hmm. stuff like that. And like, just the look on his face, like he's like looking down He's like he's going, like, but he's, he's like, like son fist, of a, he's, he's like, like son of a bitch. He's like fists with your toes. Yeah. He's right. But, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, one of the things, um, and you, you mentioned what the dialogue being so right. good, like, you know, the movie does a great job writing between, sh- like, like movies oftentimes do a bad job just telling, not really showing, mm-hmm. but this movie does a, almost writes it perfectly with telling and showing. Yeah. So, yeah. for example, like, um, you know, there isn't, like, this really overacted bad scene where, like... Yeah. 
Holly and and uh, John fight. Yeah, it, but like you know where they reveal everything that right. was wrong with their marriage but you know when they first meet each other they're happy to see each other because they still you know have yeah. deep feelings and mm-hmm. want to make their marriage work but they still have baggage mm-hmm. and so they do have that little little tissel yeah but it feels like a real you know argument like that yeah. has a lot of history with and uh yeah so. Yeah, yeah, voice, yeah, I mean, voices don't raise. It's just it's one of those it's things a, they're where they're frustrated it's like, yeah, and they just, both had they both are stubborn. Uh huh. It's just an, yep. it's just another argument for them. They probably had an argument the night before over the phone and stuff yeah. like that. Yep. I mean, or it, when when he said, "Hey, I'm coming to L.A.," and then they probably argued on the phone too. Yeah, led someone hanging up. And yeah, exactly. And like just all throughout the movie, exposition is given at the right time. It's not a it's not a you know. I don't know. It, it's just everything's placed really, really yeah. well. There's not. Yeah, you don't get like he's not spilling his guts to Argyle in the limo. He's right. like, well, this happened and this happened. Mm-hmm. This he barely season. wants. He really yeah. doesn't want to talk to him. And real question: Who's Argyle? Argyle yeah. is the limo driver that picks him up at the airport yeah. when he lands in L.A. Ends up kind of being like this underlying like character. Kind of is, he, he. I mean, Al would be considered his sidekick, but Argyle kind of comes in clutch as well. Yeah. Kind of uh, the short round. Yeah, like uh, like short round <laughs> Indiana Jones. Temple Doom. It's a good uh, comparison. Yeah. Argyle, Argyle, you you get these every now and then you'll get these scenes going back to Argyle who's waiting for John in the in the, the, parking, the parking garage, garage Nakatomi, underneath Nakatomi. Yeah. Um, because, you know, before John goes in, he's like, Hey, you strike out with your girl. Give me a call. I'll be downstairs. I'll hook you up with a hotel around here. And he's like, you know, thanks, Argyle. Which, which it's amazing that Argyle waited around so long. Yeah. I mean, but you never know. Argyle, yeah. he seems like a chill dude. I mean, well, he, he, did I mean say, he was like, kind of an idiot, so. Well, didn't <laughs> he say, like, didn't he like say, my well, boss he, thinks I'm in Las yeah, Vegas. Yeah, I was going to say, it on, on the phone, his boss, like, he told yeah. his boss, so Again, he I mean, probably it, has it, the it, leisure it, to do it, that. It, it leaves not a lot of questions. So we're like, wait, why this? Why this? Yeah, yeah. Every now and then you'll ask, I don't know, what about this? What about that? Yeah. But like it, again, it it doesn't leave a lot of loose ends untied, and that's one that's one of the reasons I like it. Just kind of this these small things throughout tour, you know, that also illustrate that John McClane, you know, take yourself out of thinking he's a superhero until you know he's human. New York cop. Yeah, yeah, like he the parts where he's like trying to stay away from gunfire, trying to like he you can he's tell. Like, oh. Oh God! He's, he's like, oh, Christ, uh, John, what are you doing? Like, yeah. just that that attitude. He's Woody Allen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> John Travolta. I mean, I knew I was didn't really belong at this party, but they invited <laughs> me anyway. I went. And Jesus, look what John, happens. What are you doing, John? What are it's you not doing? paranoia when they're really after you. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but that's what's great is you see how the, how human John McClane is while yeah. he's still doing all these Herculean feats. Yeah, and everything like that. That's your third beer. <laughs> we haven't even gotten dinner yet. Who's counting? <laughs> He's like, yeah, oh, I'm true. not driving. Yeah, that's Just two, true. make it three. I'm not driving. Yeah, exactly. Three, I, five, ten. Who cares? I don't like to see Ranger Trevet from Walker, Texas Ranger as a bad guy. Yeah, I do. Ranger Trevet. Yeah, I like how when he kicks all the, when he kicks all the kind of the 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 fuse boxes and the power boxes and stuff like that. And I'm like, ah, yes, Ranger Trevet. Yeah, there he is. Yeah. I, one of the things I remember from Ranger Trevette uh, on the Walker, Texas Ranger uh, power intro hour. song, <laughs> Power Hour, is he's like catching passes, like football passes. Yeah. One of my favorite moments from the, <laughs> the Walker, Texas Ranger Power Hour is the, the big cloudy Texas sky just whizzing by. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Ooh, you live in Texas now. I do. Um, I So uh, I grew up in Man Steve, yeah. and, and I haven't lived in St. Louis probably about almost 10 years now. Yeah, ever, um, has it really been that long? Ever since yeah. you graduated high school, yeah. ever since you went yeah. to the Marines. Yeah. yeah, so after high school, I joined the Marine Corps, and then I traveled around the world going port to port. Yep. And uh, Selling things? Yeah, selling things. <laughs> and uh, after the Marines, I uh, went to college in Ohio, and then I got a job in Wisconsin, uh, and now I live in Austin, Texas. So. Don't forget your stint in Japan. Well, yeah, that's the yeah, port that's, to port. That's, that's, that's part of the Marines. Yep, port yep. to port part. Yeah, I, I lived in Japan, and uh, I have a feeling when I make a, another guest appearance, I will be talking about Japan. <laughs> I like that. Phil I like takes, where your head's at. Phil Already taking a head. Tokyo. <laughs> Five steps ahead. Yeah. <laughs> but Die Hard... It's really tough not to really get into the plot because I feel like everybody who's listening has yeah, seen it. Yeah, they've seen it. Yeah. yeah. It's been almost 30 years. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Actually, it's been over 30 years. Yeah, 31 years. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> last July. Yeah. Um, I think um, 
Well, you were saying that it's kind of polarizing the subject of it being a Christmas movie. And it's been kind of like a running joke, like a running gag during the Christmas season Mm -hmm. is you'll see a lot of memes and like internet posts about like Die Hard is a Christmas movie. It's not a Christmas movie. Mm -hmm. And people have their different definitions of what makes a Christmas movie. This absolutely is a Christmas movie. Yeah. If you just judge it on the fact that it takes place during Christmas. Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve. He's going to a Christmas party. Mm -hmm. You see like Santa Claus is all over the place and like. Just to go even deeper, this is a good movie disguised as an action movie disguised as a Christmas movie. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it's a very cool Christmas movie. Yeah, very cool. Very, very cool. You, you'd yeah. even say cool Yule. Yeah. Well, <laughs> like, unfortunately, unfortunately, I agree with you guys again. Um, <laughs> it, it, it's it's a Christmas movie. Most people who say it's not a Christmas movie, A, don't care, yeah. and B, aren't really action fans anyway, so they're right. not really going to be invested in this. I mean, is it a Wonderful Life Christmas movie? Well, yeah, like Wonderful Life. I think so. Wonderful Life doesn't have much to do with Christmas, oh, actually. It's a Wonderful Life. It has, it, it, is like, has Christmas themes like yeah. in the last... Not really. Forty-five minutes. It's, it's a movie yeah. about a man trying to commit suicide and then realizing that's a mistake. Yeah, and it just so happens to take place during Christmas time. It could have taken place around the Fourth of July. Yeah, and well, it's, he, it's still tropes would have happened. Oh, well, <laughs> well, there's it's not suicide's not a running gag in the movie. Like I'm gonna it's not, show, show a firework up your ass. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's not it's not better off dead. And then Clarence like, grabs a firework and shoves it up his ass. I'll do it for you, George. <laughs> I can't put it out, Clarence. Put it out. <laughs> Get my wings one way, I'll get it this way. <laughs> God's not working fast enough. So <laughs> shoves a rocket up his you ass. You can go your own way. <laughs> yeah. but, I mean, but the but main process right. of the movie is not he's a guy yeah. trying to commit suicide. Yeah, but it, it happens yeah. during Christmas. Yeah. But it's incidental. Uh, yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. And maybe it's, it, maybe it's like it, it was like Frank's, uh, Frank uh, Kappa? Is Frank, Frank Capra. Capra. Yeah, Cap- Frank Capra. Capra. Frank Sinatra. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Frank Sinatra is alias Frank Capra. <laughs> uh, no, but Frank Capra, like when they, and it's based off the book, but when they directed A Wonderful Life, maybe they've said it during Christmas time to like really emphasize, yeah. Yeah. you know, the sadness of, of the state George is in where he's not happy. Yeah. Right. And, 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 you know, and then maybe, I don't know, uh, the people who, what's the guy's name who directed Die Hard? I'm drawing a blank. John McTiernan. Uh, the writer, though. He always makes his oh. movies around Christmas time. Uh, oh, uh, Shane Black. Shane Black. Maybe Shane, oh, maybe Predator, Shane, yeah, yeah, maybe Shane Black wrote this around Christmas time because he really didn't want to emphasize, you know, oh, John's going through this around Christmas oh, time. Oh, no, yeah. Shane Black didn't write, uh, Stephen uh, D'Souza. Stephen D'Souza. So Shane Black did write Predator. He, he, he told the. the or no, he wrote joke. Lethal Weapon. That's what you're thinking. Wrong. <laughs> you think, wrong. You're wrong. wrong. I think I think Shane Black directed this, but or not, not directed, but wrote this. Okay. I don't know. I'm but, gonna stand firm. But no. All right, fine. Lethal whatever. Weapon. We're lethal Mexican, Weapon. We're in a Mexican standoff right now. But uh, no, we'll Lethal just, Weapon on the subject okay. of Lethal Weapon that takes place during Christmas time. Okay, fair enough. But anyway, the point I'm getting at is is that just because the movie is not entirely about christmas or even yeah. it just incidentally takes place around christmas time like if wonderful life is a christmas movie mm-hmm. because it incidentally takes place around christmas right. time then die hard is too because yeah. it incidentally takes place around yeah. christmas yeah. Time. the I plot think... isn't focused on trying to find like a christmas right. prince the, or the something the thing is it, it depends on tradition it's a wonderful life became so big because when it started when it started showing it on television cbs needed something to fill a time slot during the holidays yeah because so wonderful like, life was a bomb like most yeah, people yeah exactly oh, yeah. They, they, summer i mean that's that's something that i've always wondered like i would if you know if time travel is ever invented i'm going back to 1950 and showing them like infinity war or yeah, showing them something right. or, or dark knight or something that's gonna yeah. like blow people's minds yeah um and and like like you know, if you showed somebody from 1950 the Dark Knight, they probably wouldn't like it. They probably would be oh, like, no. "What is going on?" No, and right. they probably Absolutely would be like, "What not. is this?" You know, yeah, yeah. in the same way why you know old people today don't like good things um, <laughs> generally. Exactly. Yeah. So okay, it's, boomer. Because yeah. <laughs> exactly. they don't understand it. Yeah, yeah, they don't understand it. They can't comprehend it. Yeah. And so, like, maybe like Wonderful Life was ahead of its time, mm-hmm. and thankfully was yeah. cherished and discovered by everyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's just Later one on. of those. Yeah, in, in in certain moments and certain times. But like you said, incidentally, yeah, if one if if it's a Wonderful Life can do that because that's become the tradition. So many people have made Die Hard a part of the tradition because it is so heavily saturated with Christmas, with Christmas yeah. visuals. You know, Argyle's listening to Christmas and Hollis by Run DMC. Yeah. There's mm-hmm. Christmas all there I mean there's Christmas songs, there's there's bits of Christmas 
like note like the tunes yeah. there's Christmas a scene songs. there's a scene right now where where john's calling into dispatch like the first time they're mm-hmm. like sir this is for emergencies only right and like so the main police headquarters there's a little christmas tree sitting, right. sitting but also, on like michael Kamen incorporates notes from like christmas songs yeah. yeah and and yeah he incorporates jingle bells because their element the elements of christmas touch plot points yeah so like when he sends the first terrorists who end up they end up being just thieves yeah. when he sends the first terrorist down the elevator when he puts he puts a santa hat on him he just killed yeah. him um puts a santa hat on him and that's when he writes now i have a machine gun ho 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 question yeah. Christmas, what did yeah. he write that with what did he write the message was that the terrorist blood i I would think it's the terrorist blood. Okay, well that's pretty good penmanship with the yeah. finger. <laughs> right, yeah, he, he writes on his. One thing I always notice too is when he's yep. in the, is it when he's in the air duct and he's and he's, he's like writing, writing, he's he writing down Carl on his, his wrist and he's counting the terrorists on yeah. his like, wrist. I could not write that legibly on my arm. I don't know. Yeah, well you're I not mean, John McClane. That's he's true. also a lefty, yeah. so that's true. So that yeah. means he's smarter than me. Exactly, he's yeah. a different hemisphere of their brain. Open your mind, man. But uh, um. Was it saying? Oh yeah, uh, but there's that, and then when he's at the end, when he's going to tape the gun to his back to trick Hans, he uses Christmas tape. Um, mm-hmm. And again, there's there's Christmas there's Christmas oh, nudity. You know, there's Christmas everywhere. Exactly. In this movie. exactly. But yeah. but honestly, I'm going to say this: if if radio stations that you know are dependent on playing Christmas music all throughout November and December want to play the pentatonics version of Hallelujah, which is which is the furthest thing from a Christmas song, and it's so widely accepted. Why can't I watch Die Hard and call it a Christmas movie? It's more of a Christmas movie than Hallelujah is a Christmas song. Hallelujah is not a Christmas song. It's not even a love song. It's not even a Christian People song. People watch Harry Potter on, on Christmas. Exactly. Like, that's not a Christmas movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, like if, if you want to use my mom's rule and that if it has Christmas in it, it's a Christmas movie. Right. Which I think is partially But she facetious. doesn't call Die Hard a Christmas movie. That's ridiculous. Yeah. There's one... There's like two minutes of Christmas in Harry Potter, and mm-hmm. people will regard that as a Christmas movie. Right. I think it's based on, like you said, it's based on tradition, mm-hmm. but that wouldn't even be completely based on tradition because Die Hard is a Christmas movie. Right. If we want to base it on tradition, I'll say Willy Wonka is a Christmas movie because we watched yeah. it on Christmas Eve a lot yeah. growing up. Exactly. Yeah, and Christmas is one of the focuses of this right. movie. Exactly. Like it's Dude, one of the pictures. It's Christmas deal. Like, it's a good time for me. Like Rocky Four. During the Rocky Drago fight, there's it's on Christmas, mm-hmm. but no one mentions Christmas. Well, that's right. because of uh, the Russians don't celebrate Christmas on December twenty oh, fifth. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Russians that Russia actually celebrates their Christmas in like January because they really? have. This is a. Uh, I'm gonna drop some knowledge bombs here. Yeah. Please. Russia um, is not. Um, uh, they fo- don't follow normal Christianity. They follow right. Orthodox Christianity, mm-hmm. and Orthodox Christianity. Uh, refuse to adopt uh, the calendar we use yeah, today, yeah. like the norm, like the year, right. the January to December. They refused. Right. They refused to adopt it, so they stuck. So their religious institutions stuck to whatever the old calendar was, which right. has Christmas in January. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so uh, yeah, that's just one little interesting fact. Nice. So yeah. that's why there isn't Christmas celebrations in the Soviet Union. That's actually what started as a joke <laughs> turned out to be a disaster. But the more you know, uh, on on me. Yeah. No, but like like. I know everybody has their argument for it or against it. It's actually like we like to have this us versus them attitude, but I think it's actually more widely accepted than than we think. Um, yeah. But it's just – it's one of those things that I just get frustrated because I'm like there's so many elements to this movie that point to it being a Christmas movie. I think it's just so heavenly – heavenly. It is a heavenly movie. It's so heavily – just it's so heavily – an action movie that you don't see it as a Christmas movie. Like you said, it's just bias. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. it's people just don't associate action movies with Christmas. That's yeah, all it exactly. Is. You know, it's not like Santa yeah. Claus. Like it's not, it's not like a story like at the beginning of Scrooge where, where Lee majors. Well, speaking of that. So this is one of my own personal pet peeves mm-hmm. is that, you know, women have Hallmark movies yeah, so they yeah. can like, you know, watch like 
women fall in love with the, the stranger wearing flannel who, who owns yeah. a Christmas tree factory. John Denver. John Denver, yeah. <laughs> and, Christmas uh, tree factory. Yeah, the Christmas tree factory. And it's all about to go under and this woman needs to give the spank a loan or something. I don't know. Give a but spank a loan? Just give a bank a loan. Oh, um, give a bank loan. Yeah, I have a and speech she's... impediment, so bear with me. <laughs> no, sorry. Um, Yours just ran together. Yeah, it, that and, could be uh, she wants to get a spank so a loan. So basically what I'm getting at is I want there to be a network that totally devotes making Christmas movies but catered to men. So where we have Hallmark catering to women's desires, we have a Christmas movies made for men catering to their desires. So movies or movies with explosions, guns. We had that. Lee Majors like fighting Spike off ninjas. Kind of like what Spike TV kind of was, but yeah. like failed. Just yeah. like continue. And then, you know, like Mrs. Claus can be like, you know, like a clone of Pam Anderson from the <laughs> 90s, you know, just stuff right. like that. Yeah. That's my like, own uh, pet peeve on Christmas. Sounds like you're onto something there. I do enjoy some of those Hallmark whoever, movies. Whoever uh, would create that would make billions. <laughs> billions. Buku bucks. Yes. I made Buku money. Um, anyway. But, yeah. So, honestly, I, I, there's not really a whole lot more to say. I think we hit we, some of the oh, high spots. No, of, but... Uh, one thing over the years as you watch it you're kind of led to believe yeah and we talked about this before kind of before we started recording but so the character of Dwayne T. Robinson yeah. like the deputy chief Dwayne T. Robinson um, who comes down you know and answers the call from Al Powell um, because his car gets shot up and, mm-hmm. and finally they're bringing in the LAPD and so Dwayne T. Robinson's kind of is like, he's like, I'm controlling this operation. Mm-hmm. And Powell has had barely had, has a one conversation with John uh, McClain at this point. Mm-hmm. And he has very little information to go off of. He goes off a hunch and Dwayne T. Robinson we're, we're led to believe is this antagonist who's just trying to like get under John mm-hmm. McClain's skin. When really the more you watch it, you're like the guy's like, is logical and doing his job. Like mm-hmm. he's doing his due diligence. Like yeah. when Powell said, he's like, and how do you know this is not one of the mm-hmm. terrorists? He's like a hunch. He's like, he, he's a, like he's, he's wears a badge. Like things like he said, things he yeah. said, like being able to spot a fake ID. He's like, Jesus Christ, pal, he could be a fucking bartender for all we know. Right. And like, I think about that. I'm like, He's right. Yeah. Like if, or, or it could be one of the terrorists, just like misinformation. Yeah, like exactly. Calling, calling the cops, spreading them with lies, saying, oh, there's only five of us. There's yeah. only five terrorists here. Yeah. There's like 30, you know? Yeah, they exactly. don't know. Like Powell, so it, it's good to be like, obviously with the movie, we know. Yeah, so that's why exactly. we were annoyed with the, with John Dwayne. Yeah. But, uh, um, it, I mean, yeah, like in real life, yeah. Like a cop should never, like if this was real life, like the cops yeah. definitely would not just assume, oh, I'm talking to like an honest New York right, cop right. who's exactly. trying to help us. Yeah, no. but for the but for the sake, yeah, of, of the movie, he, he's got to be, like he's not a bad guy, but he's mm-hmm. got to be like someone who kind of bumps up against well, John Yeah, that, and that's one of the things I really appreciate about the movie. Um in that, like, like, um, like, I'm recently watching the Mandalorian TV show, yeah, right? Um, yeah. and it, and it's a great show. Really enjoy it. Oh, but yeah. one of my complaints is like every gunfight the Mandalorian gets in, it's. He, yeah, you know, like, yeah. either he easily dispatches the bad guys, or um, you know, a, 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 a red herring pops up mm-hmm. or something that helps him get out, and he's unscathed. Yeah, and Baby Yoda's unscathed. Yeah, and so it's just like, mm, well, if you know, so far it's okay right now because I'm four episodes in, but sure, we'll see. But anyway, um, but whereas this, like, like in, where in Mandalorian, it's they make it pretty easy for the good guy to get out of all mm-hmm. any situation he faces. Mm-hmm. This movie feels like all the odds are stacked against him. Oh, right. Oh, sure. you know, like the terror, like, you know, like, you know, he outsmart, he's a smart guy. He outsmarts the terrorists, but then they get the detonators. Yeah. You know, or, you know, he, he's figured out something, but then they corner him. Yeah. Right. Or, you know, like he gets the cops to come, but they don't believe him. Right. Where it's just where yeah. Dwayne exactly. comes into exactly. place. Yeah. Exactly. There's, there's a palatable tension with a lot yes. of the, yeah. the it situations. Keeps the tension, it keeps the tension up to 11 right. without it making you, without, Without burning you out, without you feeling, yeah. oh come on, like you know, yeah. This, yeah. This, this, he would be dead by now. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, right. Everyone go help John McClane. Yeah, like, mm-hmm. well, yeah. it just it just goes to show that progressively throughout the movie, John's you know John's shirt gets more and more dirty yeah. and yep. grungy and dingy. He it looks more and more dirty and dingy. Yeah. And, yeah. and, burn to, out. and by the time yeah. to, by the time the ending scene where Hans has taken his wife Holly specifically hostage, yeah. um, he's like. 
Ah, and you can tell how run down a tire yeah, is. And, like, and Holly comments, Jesus yeah. Christ. Yeah, and, you know? yeah he's, exactly. like, he's like, hey, honey. And like that, that's why he has to use his wits with like the gun tape right. behind his exactly. back. Um, and you can t- his, his like shirt is off now, yeah. and he's, he's just all covered in dirt and grime. Yeah. And, Blood. and he, yeah, he, he's exhausted, mm-hmm. and his, his feet are, ta- are uh, covered up yeah. or are mm-hmm. wrapped up because of the glass he walked through. You can tell. He's been through the ringer. You can yeah. tell the the toll that it's taking on his body. Everything he's been through. He get sometimes he gets his ass kicked, and he just ends up yeah. he just ends up beating like he beats Carl. Well, quote unquote beats Carl like one of Hans's head thugs yeah. uh, near the end in the last act um, because not because he like shoots him or knocks him out of the punch. Or he's physically he, stronger or more yeah, skilled. Exactly. He just yeah, used exactly. ingenuity. He mm-hmm. it just. Gets slightly gets the upper hand and wraps a chain around his neck and yeah. slides down mm-hmm. the banister of a of a mm-hmm. stairway and just causes him to hang himself. Yeah. So he has to use ingenuity well, in a lot of ways. <laughs> right. Yeah. He yeah. he ends up coming back at the end, which I'll yeah during the whole movie or doing during since like in the second act it's revealed you know he can't pull his gun on anybody. Yeah. He's he's pretty much a desk jockey. Who yeah, is and he ends up. Uh, Al Powell. Al Powell is, yep. is you know, we, we mentioned him a couple of times. He's John's quote unquote sidekick. He's he's his. He's kind um, of the audience. He yeah, yeah. He's, he's, he's he's yeah. He's, he's who mm-hmm. John is relaying information to. And and, and he spells exposition that needs to be said. Right. And he exactly. voices our exactly. opinion because we sympathize with John. Yeah. And, and exactly. Dwayne T. Robinson provides a more ethical approach in a lot. Right. Of, like like when uh, Ellis is in there and he's like trying to convince Ellis the swarmy yeah, stereotypical like slimy, yuppie from like the 80s. 80s yuppie like he's trying to sweet talk Hans and, and when he's on the radio with John that transmission goes out to everyone who can receive a transmission so police are the LAPD are listening to that and eventually like for what he thinks is for the best of in Ellis's best interest he's like tell him you don't know me like I these guys doesn't matter what they tell you mm-hmm. they're going to kill you mm-hmm. they're still going to kill everyone john can see through it but basically when ellis gets shot Dwayne T. robinson's like he just he just he, sat, he, he just, just let, let the guy die, die. yeah man, that's, that's like, like well, trigger, to be so, fair yeah. he was doing cocaine on his wife's desk and at <laughs> this point at this point in the movie he didn't know what that was about so. right yeah. exactly i mean but, i'm just saying exactly but you need Dwayne T. robinson to to have ethical issues like he he's the representation of the job and the morality of mm-hmm. being a police officer and john mcclane plays you know by the book or, mm-hmm. or plays like doesn't play by the book right so there's that clashing up against each other which provides depth to it aside from like we were saying you don't have this character it's like he's right Everyone go help John. Like mm-hmm. we all believe John. We yep. all love. Let's all automatically yeah. all help John. Yeah, yeah, exactly. None of the hero, none of the quote unquote heroic figures in this movie are particularly successful, except for John, and by extension, kind of Al. And because, oftentimes it's trial by error. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Like yeah. The, the LAPD, they get uh, an RPG, you know, bazooka, you know, blown yeah, onto their tank. Their SWAT tank. Yeah, exactly. yeah, the SWAT team's trying to go in, and they all get shot up. Yeah, an RPG gets, you know, blows up their tank. Then the FBI comes in, and their helicopter gets shot down. Yeah. So eventually, John is the only one who is successful in a way, and yeah. then Al at the end is successful. And Argyle is successful. Yeah, exactly. He punches Ranger Trevette and <laughs> in the face. Yeah. But and, you know, and T Bones' car. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, before we kind of get out of here because we've kind of hit all kind of the the high spots there of the movie itself again those of you who are listening if you haven't seen the movie thank you for hearing what we have to say before you do it but we would suggest go watch the movie like it's a well-loved movie it's it's a classic it it really is a classic it is Um, it is it is it's it's what makes it a classic is that it's it's kind of it's it's Die Hard to me in its truest form. Everything else after that became a bit more exaggerated. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but it could never be topped. <clears throat> no, no, the first yeah. one can never be mm-hmm. topped. Yeah, and they've tried. Yeah, <laughs> they've yeah. tried. Oh, yeah, <laughs> two, two. I couldn't finish two. Three comes two, close. Two is just Die Hard, but dying harder. Yeah, and it's not as good. Mm. It's not a bad movie. Yeah. Um, one thing that's interesting about two. So I found this out recently. I watched a, a video on. You know the whole entire Die Hard franchise, yeah. and they mentioned they showed the first trailer for Die Hard Two, and it's there's like McLean 
It's uh, um, Bruce Willis, John McClane, yeah, yeah. walking through a tunnel with pipes and water dripping and steam. Yeah, yeah. And there's alarm buzzing, like, eh, eh, eh. And, and, you know, and he's got a gun. He's like, oh, here I go again. Yeah. And, and, and that's the trailer. And apparently they filmed that trailer without knowing what the story was <laughs> really? going to be yeah. for Die Hard 2. They literally just were like, well, let's, we're making a Die Hard 2. Let's just film a quick trailer. And then we'll, fi- we'll figure out what the, stri- the, what the story is. Sounds like something um, from the Ben Stiller show. Yeah, it literally, it sounds like. It sounds like do, something from Saturday Night Live. Yeah, because they did do um, they did do Die Hard in a grocery store. Yeah, so that's yeah. what that reminds yeah. me of. Yeah, um, and then Die Hard Three is actually a good movie. Yeah. I recommend it. It's um, it actually is smart mm-hmm. and, and, and it ups the stakes in a creative way uh, without being still too over the top. Um, and then Die Hard Four is just live free or Die Hard. Live, yeah, Die Live Free or Die Hard is just. Completely it, it, ridiculous. It's, Justin Long is a hacker. It's just <laughs> all you need to know. It's it's, it's a movie made for 2007. Um, <laughs> and, 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 and then and then Die Hard Five. I've never seen it. Neither it's, have I. Yeah. It's it's John McClane turns out his son Junior is a spy in Russia. Junior. And, Junior. Junior. And 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 John McClane goes to save him, and I think they fight. They like he literally shoots down a jet with a handgun. I don't know. <laughs> it, it, it's it's it, it, every it, 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 the the problem with the Die Hard franchise is is that every every move like most of the movies entirely take a dump on the first one. Right. The, what makes the first one good? Yeah. One. Uh, John's relationship with Holly. Yeah. Um, because even though I recommended the third one, uh, the third Die Hard movie, the third Die Hard movie implies that they're divorced. Yeah. So everything he went through in the first movie right. was entirely pointless. Yeah. Okay. And then the rest of them are like, they like, like, like in the fourth one, John McClane has a guy, a guy has a gun to John McClane's head. He's got him in a, like, yeah. he's behind him holding a gun to his head. John McClane grabs the gun Points it, it his on shoulder. his shoulder and then says "Yippee Kaye, mother!" and then shoots, <laughs> shoots it, and, and shoots. Yeah. The bullet goes through um, the bad guy and kills him. But yeah. just John McClane's just got a shoulder injury, so it's no yeah. big deal. Yeah. Because in those movies, that's you can walk off that. Yeah. Um, what if there was an undigested hot dog in there? You yeah, know, it would have gotten stuck. Well, in there. yeah. But he anyway, shot the guy and, with and, an undigested yeah. hot dog. And then also, like, <laughs> Die Hard is a hard. It's not a well. It's a hard R movie. Yeah. You know, there's cursing a lot, unnecessary cursing. Yeah. And there is, you know, it does show violence. Although compared to movies nowadays, it's not yeah, overly it's no. violent. Yeah. Um, but like the 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 further you go down the line in the movies, the more PG thirteen it gets. To, yeah. And it's just. It's just yeah, yeah. It's a I, blah. The the second one, if you watch it on TV, you get Yippee Kaye, Mister Falcon. Yeah. yeah, instead of mm. Yippee Kaye, motherfucker. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Which is, and, which and, is and, and the reason um, in the fourth movie when he shoots his shoulder to kill the bad guy, he says Yippee Kaye, mother. And, and the it, shot because the sound of the gun yep, blocks it. Yep, because because it's a PG thirteen movie and you're not allowed to say fuck. So <laughs> exactly. it's it's. It is what it is. Usually, don't PG thirteen movies get like one or two usages of it? Yeah, but it, but maybe it would be offset by all the shooting. Yeah, uh, it, it, yeah. It's, it's a fine. It's it's all it's all just it's like um it's like a parlay. There yeah. aren't any real rules. It's just guidelines. Right. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Kind of like in the NHL uh, rule book. Yeah. It's just more along like just guidelines of yeah. what what exactly. what is illegal and yeah. what isn't. Except when they want to enforce some stupid shit. Exactly. All right. Well, that was Die Hard. That was our thoughts on it. That was a Radcast Reynolds. Um, before we go out, uh, favorite scene. You guys have a favorite scene? Now that you put me on the spot, because I, I remember well, watching it, and I was like, that's probably my favorite scene. But I can't remember now. Probably, I don't know. It's, that's all right. I, I just love uh, the movie. Honestly, the movie yeah. as a whole yeah. like, is great, unless Phil I, I think my favorite scene is when... Um, when Carl's brother and I don't remember his name is mm-hmm. like looking around for John, yeah, and you know John sneaks up on him, puts a gun in his face, and you know he says says you won't hurt me, you're a policeman. There are rules for policemen, and then John's like, I know my captain keeps telling me, and then punches him, and then yeah. the fight breaks out. Yeah, um, that, that's just it's such a tense scene. Um, and uh, it and it just kind of summarizes the character. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think I think. Um, one one that's at the top of the list is one of my favorite like one-liners, and it kind of is an example of the snappy dialogue. Um, one of the terrorists comes in, and John's like, freeze, freeze. He's like, don't shoot, don't shoot. And then one of the other ones comes up behind him, and John's going to jump out of the way. And so he shoots that guy, and the other terrorist jumps on John's under a table, and 
Terrace jumps on the table and he's like all manic. He's like, ah, you're running out of table. <clears throat> and and the whole time he'd been, sh- the, he had yeah. been shooting at the table and John yeah. had been avoiding the bullets. Yeah, exactly. And he's like, next time you have the chance to kill someone, you do it. And he's like, he loads it up. Because he had ran out of bullets because yeah. he had just been sporadically firing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, this is for the heart of fear and the deaf. Uh, <laughs> or this is for the, this is a, the explanation for the blind. Uh, <laughs> and uh, and he's loading up. He's like, next time you have the chance to kill someone, you do it. And then you see, come from like John's table. like, ah! And just unloads on him yeah. while he was talking and not killing and he like comes up well he, john doesn't make a noise it's just oh like, yeah when it comes on he's like good advice thanks for the advice thanks for the advice yeah exactly and it's a one-liner yeah but it's not over the top and yeah. dumb it's like, part, let it's off part some of steam yeah. bennett it's part of what the guy just said <laughs> yeah exactly it's like it, my arnold schwarzenegger creates that because yeah, it goes exactly. a steam pipe through bennett the guy is like next time the opportunity to kill someone do it and he's like thanks for the advice yeah, it's in response yeah. Yep. yeah 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 again you know it goes back to the you know something equally as snappy or sharp mm-hmm. comes in response to something somebody yeah. else just said yep so that's what's great about the movie um i mean just the movie as a whole is is wonderful we've yeah. watched it we'll probably watch it again yep um come closer to christmas time yeah phil did you enjoy your first podcast experience it was uh something i'll never forget all right thanks man yeah <laughs> Phil's already told us that he's probably not going to listen to this episode <laughs> yeah, exactly. uh, because it's it's hard it's hard to hear your own voice. It's hard to hear your own. I'm voice. A very self hating and I just uh, I can't handle it. <laughs> well, you're a good boy. I just want you to know that. Thank you. Santa's going to be good to you this year. Uh, that's what I asked for. <laughs> <laughs> I just I didn't ask for anything except for Santa to be good to me. <laughs> yep. <laughs> well. This was the Radcast Reynolds. This is Jake. <laughs> a, hey, there you go. There he is. <laughs> hey, Jake. Hey, good, good to see you, Jake. It's pretty good, guys. Just hanging out, you know, doing whatever I do and <laughs> seeing whatever I see. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Jake. Thanks, Jake. Also, Die Hard's a good slapstick movie. Yeah, so, exactly. And that's of, why Jake likes it. <laughs> it's a fun. He's speaking in third person, Jake. <laughs> Yep, this is Jake. <laughs> yep, this, this is Jake. Just, yep, the Jake soundboard is on. We better wrap it up. Yeah. So, thank you for listening, everybody. This was the Radcast Rentals. Be kind. Rewind. Thanks, Phil, for joining us. We'll see you next time. This concludes our broadcast day.